0: hey welcome to learn it's time to learn and i'm kat i'm misha and tomorrow is election day Dude, we're gonna have a new president we're oh i was trying to be excited that. but it's gonna be really sad I don't know. <laughs> uh so yeah right now is a really kind of interesting time in our country so i hope you guys uh voted already take a take advantage or well if you if you didn't early vote by now i guess you're voting tomorrow so you're regular voting yeah just doing regular (laughs) voting but you know what they say vote vote early vote often if you want to be caught on voter fraud like that donald trump supporter in iowa have you heard about that? No. <laughs> He's like Donald Trump has just been like, this election's rigged. This election's rigged. Like the other side, there's voter fraud on the other side and there's no way to catch voter fraud. And so this like Trump supporter, this woman in Des Moines, Iowa, was all like, well, I voted twice because I, I was I was afraid that they changed my first vote to Hillary. Oh, my God. <laughs> and she was caught and arrested for the i think it's like a class four felony for voter fraud so she was <gasps> around this way once. Around. <laughs> yo i didn't realize voter fraud was so serious it's extremely serious why joe because so you don't, election. don't even count oh misha well i guess we will get into that (laughs) about how books don't truly count that's what i'm saying yeah how you gonna go to jail for 40 years or something that don't really count i feel i feel like there's been like a lot of like instances of like voter fraud in chicago history that i've heard of where they use like uh dead people's names (gasps) and and like voted for dead people's i mean dead people's and dead people and that is that's like really that so i mean it it happens. It's Do you like know very how much planning that takes? Oh yeah, but if you want to steal an election, you got a plan. You just can't like throw it on a window. Vote early, vote often. I guess you're right.
1: <laughs> Four million people died this year. <laughs> We're gonna take all their votes. <laughs> Actually, that number is made up. Absolutely. Don't, That's don't fact check me on
0: number. that. <laughs> you're just like spelling out numbers like your Trump. Um, <laughs> exactly. exactly. No basis. Uh, but yeah, I think for our first segment, we're going to talk kind of about how our votes don't matter because of the electoral college. We're just going to give you a little history. It's a college I don't want to go to ever. Yeah, it's a college where no one wins. Uh, so we're gonna i guess we're to start about the electoral college we gotta talk about
1: what the electoral college is
0: yeah all right so the electoral college i'm gonna try not to bore you with this because the more everything i learned about it was exclusively boring
1: i'll add in some histories
0: yeah yeah we're gonna slide in some context for this yeah. um, but the electoral college is basically um a section like a number of votes that are based on how many house representatives you have and how many senate representatives like everyone has two senate representatives and then your house representatives are based on your population so like let's say the larger states like Texas, California, and New York uh, with larger populations tend to have more votes in the electoral college, have more house representatives, etc. and then states like Wyoming Montana, which has notoriously low populace, usually only get like three electoral mm-hmm. votes. Um, so yeah, so it kind of defeats the point of democracy or pure democracy, which is one person, one vote. And it's and for each state outside of like Maine and Nebraska, it's winner take all. So mm-hmm. if you get the popular vote in that state, you get all the all the delegates. You get all the like electoral votes. So that's the, that's just like basically the gist of it. So you're wondering where, why have electoral college? Like why can't each person have a vote in this country that was built on democracy? Well, let me tell you. Okay. So when this country was founded, only white men with property could vote. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and so the, if you're a Southerner and there's like... I don't know why that little accent came out. Southerner? If you're a Southerner. I'm fairly, did. <laughs> I don't talk like that. <laughs> um, you're typically more more or less typically in a more rural area. You might have a plantation. You might own some slaves. Um, and so the Northerners who lived in more populous uh, cities like New York and Philadelphia and et cetera... Had more say when it came to presidential elections. Um, so what? So everyone remembers from school the Three fifths Compromise, where they said that all <laughs> slaves were three fifths of a person, not a not a full person, just three fifths. Which is wh- like, it's where so do complex. You, why why three fifths out of all the fractions in the world? Out of all and adding that, and I was just like, come on,
1: that. They like, didn't have calculators, right. <laughs> so they had to say three fifth <laughs> times every male slave. Yeah, and that was like all slaves, and then long division. <laughs> I'm just doing. I'm just trying to figure
0: out the math. I oh, so okay. Now I'm not gonna go into. It. I was like also women, also. I'm like ninety percent sure it's like all slave bodies. Wow, including children. So anyway, okay, that makes sense why the North got <laughs> mad. They was like, dang yeah so let's say that you have 500 slaves on your property which i guess is a really a large amount of slaves but i'm I'm doing this for math purposes to make this math simple so if you're like 500 slaves you get 300 population votes for just your plantation plus you you get 301 like population wow that
1: math added up
0: (laughs) that's why i I did this (laughs) don't show me your calculator and that's why I did like the simplest fraction I could. <laughs> I was like, okay, multiply <laughs> and you divide this. Okay. <laughs> so it looks like you, that the state of Alabama or the state of Mississippi or Louisiana are more populous than they actually are. Um, but they're so not. That- they are. They are. <laughs> They have more population. It's just you the yeah. black body okay. I'm just be well quiet. yeah, they are more populated, but none like none of these but slaves not are gonna have okay. any rights whatsoever. Yeah. I get it. It just makes you mad. <laughs> no, yeah. Slavery infuriating. Worst part about American history. What no. Tied. Tied for a worst part with like mass native genocide. Yeah. So the worst. Yeah, I was not a good look for our founding fathers, honestly. Anyway, um, so even though these slaves wouldn't have any rights whatsoever, they were used as pawns in this political game, so that this so that southerners would have um, more more people in the House of Representatives. So clever, yeah. So that's so. They decided that developing the electoral college would give them the best chance to having some say in who the president's going to be. That's why the electoral college exists. Because slave owners wanted more. They wanted to cheat the system. I know. And you're and you're saying now, like everyone has the right to vote. Like all American citizens have the right to vote. Why do we sell the electoral college? That's a damn good question. Don't ask me. Ask like your congressman. I don't have all the answers. I'm saying it's like obviously time to get rid of the electoral college because it's pointless. And it was as many things in this country built on slavery. <laughs>
1: <laughs> have you heard of the new app that lets you switch your vote with somebody? What do you mean? So if you're in a blue state and you're a Democrat, mm mm-hmm then you vote in Democrat ain't going to really change a lot. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: So there's an app where you can connect to somebody who's in a state where their, where their, where their vote has a little more sway. Mm-hmm. And so the example given is like a Democrat in a blue state is like, okay, yeah, I'm a Democrat. I want to vote for Hillary, but it's not really going to make a difference here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to vote. I'm going to, I'm going to ask somebody in, this state to vote for Hillary and I'll vote for a third party candidate in my state Hmm. so that they still get the vote that they want for a third party candidate, but it doesn't actually hurt. It doesn't actually hurt because my vote Mm -hmm. is still being cast as a Democrat in a place where it's actually going to be counted. That's pretty dope.
0: I was like, I'm like, that's empty. That's pretty smart. Are you registered here or in South Carolina? I voted in South Carolina. Okay. So your vote counts.
1: And so my vote does count. And then on November 9th, I will be registered in Illinois. (laughs) (laughs) Because I was like, I'm not becoming a resident until my vote is cast and counted in South Carolina. Mm -hmm. And then I'll change my residence. (laughs) Don't arrest me. I'm not voting twice. (laughs) I'm only voting once in South Carolina
0: where my vote counts. (laughs) That's like, that's pretty, that's pretty dope. Like if I had to be like perfectly real, I think all of my viewpoints align with like the green party, but at the same time, I just cannot let Trump win.
1: Well, that's also one of the justifications behind an electoral college is Mm -hmm. that it helps to encourage a two party system. Yeah. Whereas people who are like abolish that so that we can like actually encourage people to vote for people whose views might be more in line, you know? Mm -hmm. But I was reading that, I don't understand this. So I'm just going to drop this line and then not be able to explain it at all. <laughs> but I was reading somewhere that somebody said that the electoral college actually helps minorities. I have no idea why cat. Oh. I have no, I can't back that up at all, but I'm going to drop that out. and We can research <laughs> that after the show. It, listener. If you, if you know if that's true or false, let me know. Cause I know nothing about that. Well then, so maybe I'm trying to I'm trying to pontificate because I have <laughs> no idea why that would be the case. No, nope, I have no idea.
0: Yeah, I have no idea Me either. But I I was reading it. That is a puzzle. I guess I I guess I will research that cause now and I wanna know. Wow, well, our our election systems could be better. As we are the most famous uh, democracy, though, we are not the best and not the most equal.
1: Anyway, America.
0: Okay, that's none of that. None of that. (laughs) American exceptionalism is (laughs) wonderful. (laughs) Um, Cool. So we're going to get to our main segment right after the break. Wakey,
1: wakey Upper East Siders gossip girls here your one and only source into the scandalous
0: lives of rich white teens i'm s and mc and we're gossip girls and gossip girl yes it has been canceled 2012 but we review every episode here at post loudness every monday you can check us up on our website gossipgirls.symbolcast.fm or you can follow us on twitter at gossip girls pod all right welcome back so we're gonna we're gonna talk a little today about a few things um first we we really 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 want to talk about the uh dakota access pipeline and i know we talked a little about that on indigenous people's day and i just want to talk like i think a lot about like Indigenous history in this country, and just like con- like colonization, taking the language of your oppressor, and just how this has been su- like such a point through their history, and then like our history as Black people, and then just kind of like unpacking internalized oppression. Mm. So buckle your seatbelts because <laughs> this is going to be a long and bumpy ride.
1: Oh wow. <laughs>
0: And I get car sick, so I'm not looking forward to it. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, so it's actually, a, I think what a lot of people don't know that is that these um, protests have been going on for about a year now. Mm-hmm. And actually Bernie Sanders mentioned this when he was in the on the campaign trial mm-hmm. during the primaries. Um, I think you mentioned it in, like, September of 2015. Wow. I was, like, trying to bring attention to it. And I just, I, I'm not sure what, why I recently started catching attention, but it's really, like, you know, now mm-hmm. all liberals are on board, <laughs> like, trying to fight. Um, that. That's just one question. Like, what does it take to get the liberals on board? Like, what
1: has to happen before they're, like, we're flying out <laughs> to be a part of this
0: movement? That's a good question. A question for another show. Yeah, Liberals listening to the show <laughs> write us. What does it take to get you on board? What does it like, take? I, I don't how know. much oppression? How much beating? Just tell me. I think it's just like knowledge because it's just like if you're not in the right circles or if you don't have this information available. Like I don't, I live in Illinois and I don't know what's happening in Central Illinois. Yeah, And totally. I don't like know what's happening in Wisconsin. I like I'm ninety miles away. Mm-hmm. So it's really it's like really hard for me to keep track of like what other people are doing in other parts of the country and other parts of the world. Unless I'm being exposed to that in mm-hmm. some way. And I think like media has a responsibility of like mm-hmm. showing all stories. So uh, a little bit about I I feel like we really we covered it in our last episode. I think we did. Yeah. Yeah. And So how okay, so I don't know if we're gonna get like too deep into discussing the pipeline, but like something that I kind of really that really bugs me, like really irks me, is just like when people refer to them as Indian and I'm just and I also like find it confusing because like I know a lot of people whose parents are from India and so they (laughs) consider themselves Indian And I'm like, oh, I also consider you Indian. Yeah. So we're on the same page there. And it's just like, yeah, I understand Christopher Columbus is a dumb fuck who (laughs) got lost and then decided that he was gonna name these people. But like, can't we like can't we move past that? Like, why why do we maintain these terms of like the colonizer like why do we ma- maintain these terms that oppress us i know some of you might say well i've i've heard native people refer to them themselves as indian so what well, i think it's okay It's no we take on the language of our oppressor black people used to refer to themselves as negroes all the time, like post like post-Civil War, we were we was like, yeah, we're Negroes. When we really, truly started getting like our identity, we we're like, you know, we're black and we're proud, like 1960s, 1970s civil rights movement. We really t- we really like tick on to accept the term black as our identity. And that's when we started pushing away some of the language of like our oppressor.
1: Well, and sometimes I think it becomes so natural Mm -hmm. that you don't even realize that it's a separate language Mm -hmm. because it isn't a separate language. It's your language because that's the language you've been given. That's the language you've been raised to speak. Mm -hmm. That's the language that is the most natural to you. And then when you're conflicted with other narratives and history, as not told by the oppressor, you're like, hold up, why is this so comfortable to me? Because I've been force fed it yeah. for a really long time. Right. I've only been shown pictures of black people looking in this way mm-hmm. or doing this job. I've only seen first peoples doing this or looking like this or wearing like feathers, you know, right. here. And so when people who oppress you only show you images, only use certain language to describe you. You don't know any difference, right? What do you think it? You know, my thing is, what do you think it means, or how do you think people are broken out of that kind of stuff? Is it a? Is it just a, a big experience? Is it a matter of? I don't think it's a matter of formal education. How do we like break out of?
0: Like, how using do you the get a language of the oppressor?
1: Yeah, how do you get awakened to the fact that it is a language of an oppressor by unlearning?
0: What? Oh, you—you you think is. I set that up? No. But I didn't. I was genuinely asking. <laughs> I think first, like first, you have to learn your history. Like I studied a lot of Black history during my undergrad, and just like developed a sense of pride and like where I came from as a Black American. And that's like I, and that's where I'm just like I decide my terms. I decide what I'm called. I decide like. It's it really really I am not saying this to be saying like our show's name over and over, but it really is about unlearning and like understanding that there's another perspective, there's another viewpoint, and I think for like part of that, all of that is within education. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, do you think?
1: Do you think that you can? be unlearning and still use that language at the same time? Or do you think that when you begin that process of unlearning, it's just like too controversial, too painful to use it? Like, do you use the word Negro? Do you use that type of language? Or do you think about yourself in a similar way that you used to? Or is it, it, does that cause too much conflict in your brain?
0: Um, I think that's like, like, I'll say Negro satirically. Mm-hmm. I like the same way that I use like the N word, which I don't use like particularly often, but it's like an in language, like a mm-hmm. in in house. And what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know, N-group. but I get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like an in-group language thing. Um, and like, we almost say these, like we use mm-hmm. these oppressors terms in a mocking way to mm-hmm. take back the power of mm-hmm. those words and to be like, Bitch, we're, we're gonna use these words, and <laughs> you can eat it. We know you meant to hurt us, but yeah. <laughs> we're gonna use these. Yes, and you're and then you're gonna think it's really cool, and then you're saying it to be cool, but then you really just look racist. Anyway, I don't story, have. would not say the word? I don't have much experience, so
1: I think that I have a lot of experience thinking through this from a black perspective. Mm-hmm. I don't think that I've ever thought about this from a first people perspective Mm -hmm. or have known someone to ask them. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, well, I grew up with someone whose grandmother was it, was, oh, I almost said Indian, was, um, Native American and, the narrative there was just like oh i'm native american we get a check each month because like white people are terrible and they took her <laughs> land but like you know that was the extent there wasn't ever and i don't know if it was just because there wasn't i mean my friend you know we were yeah. young we were young so it was just like white people are bad they took her land and i get a check every month you know Yeah.
0: um first of all i'm like we didn't get a check every month <laughs> They stole my body from Africa. Where's my check? Where's my check? But no,
1: what's really terrible was when I was little, I was like, well, I think I'm sixteen, So it's not enough to get a check. You know, I, always after the money. Always after the money. Yeah. But I, I, you know, I wish that I could go back in time and ask her how she thought about that kind of stuff or mm-hmm. how her grandmother had to process that to yeah. have to see her family, not be able to live on their land. But yeah, do you have experience talking to people yeah. about their experience?
0: Yeah, so back in my undergrad at the University of uh, Illinois, our mascot was a white guy in war paint and a headdress and like wearing like native-affiliated clothing, doing basically a minstrel show across the football field, which, like, I, the one, one time that I saw I was absolutely disgusted. And then it's like all these white people chanting, Chief, Chief. And I'm just like, fictional person, how are we not over this? It's 2010. Mm-hmm. So, no, actually, it was 2006 whoa (laughs) i was 18 10 years ago anyway i I sometimes forget that i'm aging (laughs) Um, because i look in the mirror i'm like (sighs) someone's beautiful today i'm born you haven't aged (laughs) uh anyway Um, so I was like one of the active protesters of trying to get rid of Chief Aligned I And so like I, I, was also in a multicultural sorority. So we worked a lot with, um, the cultural houses on campus. And one of the cultural houses was, um, like the Native American house. So there was hmm. like black house, Latino house, mm-hmm. Asian house, et cetera, et cetera. And there was a Native American house. So, um, like I've spent time there talking with like, staff members talking with um, other students with like direct native heritage and just like truly understanding the impact and the impact of this kind of imagery, Mm -hmm. um, which the fact that we still have this imagery Mm -hmm. is so disgusting. Like the fact that a major sports team that was in the world series Mm -hmm. has has this imagery and people are just like well I like I I love this symbol and this is and this is totally acceptable to me and it's like of course it's acceptable to you you white person because <laughs> like how it doesn't hurt you it doesn't like yeah. break your confidence and like a lot of studies show that um native imagery using being used as mascots as entertainment mm-hmm. impacted their confidence mm-hmm. and it's just like have you not done enough damage like sending native children snatching them not sending snatching them from their families and sending them to boarding schools Mm -hmm. where they were abused like it's just like where where does it end government and i guess like one of the most infuriating parts of the um dakota access pipeline is that the government's break essentially trying to break a treaty, and she's like, "Yo, that's so like eighteen hundreds. Who's still breaking treaties? How about you stand by your word yeah. and honor these people? It's just like, boo, it wasn't cute then. It's not cute now. Stop breaking treaties. I don't. I don't know where I went. I don't know where that went. <laughs> let's get on a treaty.
1: We need to go to the treaty. To the, we. You got a treaty. <laughs> last time i checked that means you can't do stuff (laughs) y'all made an agreement right
0: and you like oh but we need
1: (laughs) we need more fuels
0: (laughs) put this through (laughs) break all kind of trust and i'm just like i'm damage their water and like i know that obama can shut it down he shut down the keystone pipeline I'm like, and I know that he's trying to work to shut down this pipeline. He has like so little time in office. Uh, Obama got five days. (laughs) He doesn't get out of office till January 20th. Obama got five days.
1: (laughs) Wouldn't it be great though on election day Mm -hmm. if he was like, shut this down.
0: <laughs> I will be like, Ooh. and then he like actually closes Guantanamo Bay after like eight years of promises, whatever yeah. Obama. Yeah, whatever Obama.
1: <laughs> but I will say that it was crazy to. It's crazy to see Native Americans being beaten because they're like, "You're breaking right. a treaty. We want water." Right. But all y'all at the same time cheering for the Indians in the World
0: Series. Right. It's so weird to me. I'm like, what? I like refuse to say the team's name. I like, only refer to them as Cleveland, but I think I've give, brought like a new name for them. I think that they should now be known as like the Cleveland colonizers and they <laughs> should have like pilgrims <laughs> on their shirts. Perfect. Yo, that branding is for free, Cleveland. You're welcome. For free, for free.
1: I'm gonna let you have that one for free. But this is so getting back to like internalizing the language of the oppressor. Mm-hmm. so it's so it seems to me, well, no, I think it's a little tricky because, in the same way that when African slaves were brought over and like ripped of their culture,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Native Americans were also like ripped of their culture, yeah, but I also feel that what is special about Native Americans is that like they still exist. Like their histories are still being passed down. Like people can trace back to their ancestry. And so I wonder how much of that prevents the same type of internalization that African-Americans face. Because they have a clear, not everybody, not everybody. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there are some people who can say like, I still live on the reservation my family lived on. Mm -hmm. Like we have this continuous history that is fraught with yes, colonizers and in pain and broken promises, but we can see our family history where I'm not sure that a lot of African Americans can do the same. Right. So what I'm asking is what difference do you think that means when you're thinking about internalizing the oppressor's language? because they have something to point to. Yeah. They can be like, "No, that's not true about us because you can see this is not true about us." Mm-hmm. Whereas black people are like or or at least, you know, African slaves are like, "Actually, I have no idea because I I'm like a third generation slave mm-hmm. and I've never <laughs> never been to Africa, mm-hmm. so I have no idea where my family comes from, you know?" And
0: I think so that's what kind of where like the difference comes where when like white people came to America, it was just like, well, we need to eliminate the natives and then we need to break the spirit of all of these mm-hmm. slaves. And so I like their mission was to take sure. all their land, just like move them to wherever it wasn't like a great place to build a city or, or like farm or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I feel like natives were viewed as more of an inconvenience for creating this like quote unquote new nation, and like slaves were. It was very, very purposeful to use these black bodies. Like, and you cannot use someone's body unless you have their spirit, and if unless you break their spirit, like they're gonna rebel. They're gonna like they're more than likely stronger than you could probably be to pulp mm-hmm. but if like if they don't have confidence that they if they're torn of their language torn of their culture there's no way what's well, harder for them
1: to like if you have a unit mm-hmm. it's it's much easier for you to stand up and be like you're not going to do this to us mm-hmm. whereas if you are making these slaves feel so individualized and ripping them of their culture. Yeah, it's it's hard to like. I'm not going to say it's hard to uprise because we know historically yeah, that yeah. people have started to come together. Mm-hmm. But I do, I do see what you're saying. I think it's much harder once you started to break people. I wanted I wanted to ask you this. So mm-hmm. I can't speak much about internalization of a colonizer from I can't speak at all
0: <laughs> from Native American
1: perspective. Yeah, but what I can speak from is what I internalized about Native Americans in school. Mm -hmm. So I remember, you know, starting kindergarten, and we had our Indian and Pilgrim Day for Thanksgiving, and some kids dressed up like Indians, and some kids dressed up like pilgrims. And you're just like, yo, Indians and pilgrims were equal. We had Thanksgiving. It was great. (laughs) Then you get to middle school, and it was like, Indians were the devil. Yeah, they were coming out of places killing white people. Ugh. White people were just oh, innocent no. people trying to get from <laughs> persecution. <laughs> that you know, like and it's just hacking these white people, and you you're kind of like, yo, why why these people so mean? Why people just trying to get away from persecution. <laughs> then you get to high school, you don't hear nothing about them <laughs> at all. I got to, it was not until I got to, like college and grad school. Did you get the full picture? Right. Where, I mean, honestly, it wasn't until grad school where, I mean, like, obviously I knew the counter narrative. I was like, okay, yeah, y'all, we've seen what white people have done historically in the past. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we get, it's not how you painting it, but it wasn't until grad school where I started studying different sets of missionaries coming through the United States and how they would like enter into tribes and like dress in the gear and like really gain the trust of many of these groups and then like try to convert them. And then you, you start to see the way in which it's like, so twist, you know, it's so twisted and yeah, it just gives a much fuller picture. The whole time I was growing up, there was never a picture of native Americans painted in a sympathetic or empathetic right. light like they were the victims like their land was being stolen right. right it was always like these indians are attacking white people for no reason yeah, like, these savages are
0: scalping people it's just like get the fuck out of here
1: pocahontas
0: right. <laughs> right
1: and you were like john smith's not that bad he just wanted gold you know
0: and like, he just wants to paint with the people. colors of the wind
1: Come on. um <laughs> which that i don't my child will probably never watch Pocahontas. Yeah, I might watch it on the low and not tell them what I'm doing because <laughs> I love that movie. But I'm like, you ain't getting this history from Disney.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I want my kids to watch any of those old Disney movies because, like, I rewatch them. And I'm like, this is problematic in all the ways. But I will say, their new Disney movies are kind of fantastic, and I love these new Disney movies. And like Frozen is like my temporary feminist anthem until they make I one about Frozen. like a black princess. Let it go. We, we, don't have the, we don't have the copyright for that. Yeah, so. I was
1: saying let it go. Okay. White people. <laughs> let
0: it go. Okay. We
1: don't want a pipeline. Let it go. I wasn't singing for Frozen. I was simply saying something with Melody. You know what I
0: mean? Uh, so let's like speak more on like our own internalized impression oppression because like we can speak to black black internalized oppression. Um a lot of that you can see easily today in like colorism and where and like where we value beauty mm-hmm. and just like ugh, okay. I so like some of these black rappers need to just shh their mouths and take a seat. Like, I, do you, do you like feel that like, okay, yeah, we know rap is super misogynistic and
1: you know what rapper really confuses colorist. me just for
0: 30 seconds. Young Thug.
1: I'm so confused. <laughs> I'm so confused. Cause in some ways I'm like, dude, you're so progressive. Like you're wearing dresses. <laughs> you're like not caring, but then you're still talking about the same misogynistic stuff. Right. It's like, how can you be so? fluid in one way and so utterly oppressive in another rappers <laughs>
0: I don't get them you see how i just like generalize oh, all yeah, rapper. right rappers i just don't get you i don't get you yeah so i just like i feel so i think that's that's something that we see a lot growing up and that's not like or specifically in the black community where light skin is a value and dark skin is deplorable. Mm -hmm. And just like my childhood, I feel like I probably talked about this on the show before, but like the one really dark skinned kid in the class, they Mm -hmm. called him black pad and they made fun of his skin color. And then all like the real light skin girls were like popular. Um, The ones that kind of look like you, Misha. I'm just, I'm, I'm coming for you.
1: They, yeah, I was always told I was beautiful.
0: <laughs> yeah, but that's like not something dark skinned women hear, mm-hmm. and it's just like, I, it's like I feel like people are just like now making a thing to like tell a dark skin woman yeah. that she's beautiful. Just like why like, couldn't y'all tell
1: me that when I was four, right? <laughs>
0: um, and just like the emergence of like more dark skin models and actresses. Etc. to like just say for people to now realize that all skin is beautiful Mm. and that white is not the standard of beauty. But it's just like, even as we make these very teeny tiny, Mm. small baby steps towards like progression, we're so there's so much further to go so much further.
1: Well, I think it's even more than beauty standards for me. Like, well, you know, I'm on the opposite side of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. I'm like super light. And, well, not super light, but I'm pretty light. And growing up, I was always told that I was beautiful. And I feel like I've said this on the show too. Like white people always told me I was the perfect color. They were just like, That's oh, so you're like, like I wish I could be your color. I would never have to tan. That's so gross. You know, and it's just like, <laughs> I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah. But like on the, other, on the other side, I really didn't understand when darker skinned girls thought they were ugly mm-hmm. because I wasn't raised in a household where there were any darker people around yeah so the good thing is i was never told that dark like i never had the narrative of dark people are ugly when i was little like my mom was my dad was super dark you know so it was Mm -hmm. just like we're all beautiful and it wasn't until like i started really getting that kind of i don't know if it was hatred but a lot of like dark-skinned girls was after me. Yeah. <laughs> because dark and light-skinned dudes were after me. So that I mean mm-hmm. I mean it was just like it was just I don't I hate it. I just hate all of it. Um but I would say that what I was raised doing is internalizing this narrative to fear black men, especially dark-skinned mm-hmm. black men. That yes. I I would say that was like the beauty thing was never an issue for me but internalizing a fear of black men. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even say it came from my mom. It, I would say it came that's from like, watching shows. Yeah, it came like from watching cops. media. Yeah. It came from watching like any type of movie, you know, cause like my dad, my, my sister's dad, my stepdad is a hu- they're huge black men. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that's not what taught me. It was like watching mm-hmm. media and never seeing a black man portrayed as this nice guy, unless it was right. like Dwayne or Bill Cosby, which it, it hurts me to say, but like those were my figures growing mm-hmm. up it was like, I had the hugest crush on Dwayne because I was like, he's so dorky, and <laughs> so cute. And he's like this
0: black guy,
1: but like that,
0: those are my examples. It's really interesting that you, you say that cause like growing up in an all black community being surrounded by black people all the time. I was like never ever 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 afraid of black people. It was, it was like, whatever, that's like, that's my neighbor. Mm-hmm. Um and like these are people that I, I see every day. And my brother is like six three and just like this big muscular big Yeah. And it's just and I and I just like and my my brother it's like Unusually jolly sometimes, mm-hmm. uh, so it's so crazy to like for me to think about him walking down the street and someone feeling threatened by him yeah. because like I know that like he's nonviolent, mm-hmm. um, and it's 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 crazy. Like when you know the people, you don't really it, you. It's very, I guess, it's like the. It's very easy to like not internalize it mm-hmm. because you have ample examples. Yeah of like these nonviolent black men big mm-hmm. black men in your lives um and it's only when like being around white people for too long where i just like <laughs> uh, i like, it's like why would are you grabbing think, your purse like, so tight bad thought and then like where the fuck did that come from but i think and i think also partly i don't trust the youth hmm. never have <laughs> never will it's I, don't like youth. Youth. <laughs> I don't like the youth i don't like the youth that's that's not that's not really what this is about i don't trust anybody sorry
1: Why did you stare That's me it. down? That's it. Yeah, no. When I'm to I train little white ladies, exactly. I grab my purse. They're white, tiny people hands in business suit writing, my like suit. Grab my purse.
0: I'm like, Y'all the ones I need to watch. Because yeah. you're the ones people least expect. It's, no, it's like it's really funny because it's um everyone likes to follow like the black woman in the store when mm. they shoe shopping, but the highest level shoplift lifter or the highest population of shoplifters are middle aged white women. Mm. And it's just like, I, it's like, okay, dude. No, I, like, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Because I, I, I grab my no purse one. equally. I trust no one. You could walk on a train, I would grab my purse. I'd be yeah. like, hey, cat, grab my purse. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, like, straight up, I, I do the same. Like, if I pass a white person, I clutch my purse like, very, <laughs> like, purposely and, like, hey, look at should. them. Like, oh my God. <laughs>
1: we should start a movement called hashtag white hashtag clutch your purse yeah. um no we gotta think about that more yeah. but that is hilarious we should start purposely really grabbing our purse yeah. as soon as like a white male walks away like,
0: oh my god it was like a white man walking down the street just crossed the street <laughs> look at That's- it <laughs> like, look, Yo. my just decked out no, and, the
1: <laughs> and then cross the street.
0: <laughs> Don't kidnap me, <laughs> like, like you did my ancestors.
1: <laughs> I'm going train my uh children to speak to their teachers that way. <laughs> no, I'm gonna be like, look, this is the history we know. If you're a teacher, ain't teaching this, let me know. Yeah,
0: yeah. Then my kids are going to have like the, the only true form of history. And they're going to openly challenge their teachers in front of the class. And be like, don't be rude about it. Because teachers yeah, don't have be a hard rude. enough job. Teachers have a terrible time. It's it's hard enough. Yeah. Just update their facts. Yeah, just in a, In a polite way.
1: Yeah, black people didn't come here voluntarily for work. <laughs> I wish to God my children would come home telling me that. I would be like... <laughs>
0: They came for opportunity. (laughs) Uh, And then just kind of one of the last things I want to talk about regarding like internalized oppression is uh, your modern day Uncle Tom, (laughs) like people who abide by like respectability so hard that they forgot that they were black. Do you know anyone like that, Misha? I know so many people. I used to be one. (laughs) Past
1: Misha used to be one. Well, cause I think, okay, this is going to sound bad, but when you constantly have been a token, when you constantly have been the exceptional, the exception, the people who mm-hmm. people kind of adopt as like this type of person, it's hard to see the badness that exists because for a good portion of my life, I was always accepted into white circles mm-hmm. mainly because I was Raised by a white woman. So I talk like I was raised by a white woman. I I never, you know, like I'm confident because I was always told I was like beautiful. I never had to deal with any of this internalized stuff. For one, I wasn't very quote pro-black. So anything about affirmative action or anything about like black people's rights or black people's oppression, I wasn't trying to talk about that, you
0: know? So- I was a very pleasant black person.
1: <laughs> we would sit at the table. You were the, like,
0: Don Lemon. No, you were the Al Roker.
1: Yeah. You're like, how was your day? Oh, oh it was I so good. Me. You know, if if it was something like, if, some, if I would have been, at that time, if I would have heard about a black person being shot by the cops, I would have been like, oh, that's so bad. That's so sad. You know, but I wouldn't have been like, this is a systemic problem. Right? You know, like that, that's just not the mindset I was in. But I think that if I would have been that mindset, I would not have been accepted by those groups of people. Mm-hmm. So I can, I think about myself in that space. I definitely would have called myself an Uncle Tom, <laughs> uncle, <laughs> an Aunt Teresa. <laughs> I definitely would, cat. I'm telling you, because you, you're so blinded. Mm -hmm. you're so blinded you're so privileged like you don't realize you're not privileged Mm -hmm. it's so it's hard to explain but i get it i get the uncle tomness because i lived in it for a bit of time and i don't know what broke me out of it but once you've broken out you're like whoa (laughs) i had a real good in that ignorance yeah
0: i had a real good so what about like? I mean, you were young. There was like mm-hmm. no way for you. know you're still you're still learning. Your brain's still developing. What about grown grown people, grown women, yep. who are still Auntie, Auntie Teresa, <laughs> <laughs> Auntie
1: Teresa, like Stacy Dash. St- you said Stacy Trash earlier. So you, yes. you
0: on an earlier episode, said Stacy Trash, and I was quoting <laughs> you.
1: <laughs> I guess we do got recording. <laughs>
0: I got receipts,
1: Bill. I got receipts. <laughs> I said from clueless to clueless. That's what I said. From clueless to clueless. No, I honestly think it's just a matter of maybe you haven't come into contact with your minority status. I don't know. I don't know. I do think it is possible to go through life as a black person and never feel as though you're being oppressed, and I think that's how you get Stacey dashes. Because
0: I, I was almost there, <laughs> but like she would be in like rappers' music videos and stuff. Like she had earlier in the day some black, some black experiences. Her cousin Damon Dash, black as hell. But
1: see, like I still know black people who are who are like, we can't, we can't talk about. White people killing us until we talk about black on black crime, Ugh. and i'm like the, like Ugh. even the people who understand you know still use narratives like that, yeah, and so I think like you know some of the people I know who I respect, who are all about trying to to get equal rights for African Americans and other people of color, still use that narrative mm-hmm. and so I'm like, if it's easy for you to fall into that thinking, I just I think it's hard. I don't know how you live under a rock, but there are a few people who somehow manage to do it. And Stacey Dash is a perfect example. Cat, it's hard. Once you come out of the light, I mean, once you go into the light, you can't go back into the darkness. Yeah, Stacey Dash is yeah. living in the darkness, you know? Yeah. Well, that sounds so judgmental. <laughs> but I mean, Stacey Dash is a human being she has her own struggles but i'm just saying
0: well stacy dash if you care to respond you can email us <laughs> or tweet yeah tweet at us um and if you do we apologize for calling you stacy trash because that's rude. that was cat i was receipts receipts i will send them i will <laughs> post them kim K. out on snapchat <laughs> <laughs> <Come for me. laughs> i want my reimbursement
1: <laughs> turn in their estates
0: all right well i guess uh, what we learned today is that internalized oppression sucks and you should start thinking about some of the ways start thinking about like parts of your life where they might have been shaped by an outside force maybe maybe a most of your life and like especially if you're a people person of color um and think about if, like the terms you call yourself. The, are are they on your terms? Are your terms on your terms? So, uh, listeners, write in about us and let us know if you're living on your terms. Hey, listeners, welcome back. So we are going to wrap up today's show with a. Uh, old segment from last season, historical fact of the day. Historical fact of the day. So, in uh, today's history, Carol Mosley Braun, a Democrat from Illinois, became the first African-American woman elected to the United States Senate. That was in 1992, November 1992. Carol Mosley Braun... I'm Our hero. I'm, <laughs> I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. And I'm proud of the state of Illinois. You know what? Look we did something look, right. I should not have said I'm
1: proud of her. I don't I do not know
0: We don't her know what she, policies. What she did. yeah. I don't know what she did or what she voted for. It's cool. Yeah. We are we we ride for you as black women, but if your policies are after <laughs> we can't ride for you, I'm gonna quickly unfollow. I'm unsubscribing
1: some research and we're going to amend this accordingly <laughs> to
0: your policy but we still shout you out because you yeah. was the first the the first and shout out to illinois for you know great things that come out of illinois first black woman in the u.s senate first black president first dope-ass first lady ever who i recently found out the is latest. not running for our office so Who cares about anything anymore if Michelle Obama cannot be my president? I hope so. Like Hillary. I hope so. But she said that she's never, ever, ever going to do public office.
1: Obama said that on Oprah once. And then he ran. Maybe their family just has a history of saying they're not going to (laughs) run for office and then running for office and then killing it.
0: (laughs) Well malia or sasha you guys can always run for president too much pressure too much pressure. i mean well they have to be 35 so y'all have a good couple of decades to get a little less a little less than two i just decades don't to get feel in, like i either. would be emotionally prepared enough to run the
1: country at 35 yeah i can't even run my studio apartment at 26 <laughs> i can't imagine nine years running a country like, like, that is insane Maybe it's because the debt They people used to die, yeah, younger. So they were like, We're only gonna live till 40, so
0: so we probably make it 35.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You gotta be the last, like,
0: last five years of your life to run the country.
1: (laughs) Bernie proved him wrong.
0: Bernie's gonna outlive us all. Bernie's running 2020. No, he's not for real. No, (laughs) you got so tickled dude it's something so i heard that once bernie if bernie did not win the democratic ticket he was supposed to run on the green party ticket they could have he could have maybe potentially won and we could maybe turn this into a third party system <laughs> well why, why did that happen i well, because he backed out he was
1: just like why this can't is too,
0: this is too stressful why
1: can't 200 million americans just write him in I mean, I don't think that's actually we. I don't think that's
0: an actual legal amount of human beings in this
1: country. But
0: like, I don't know the full logistics, but I don't think it's gonna work. What if we steal dead people's (laughs) names? Chicago style politics, I love it. Anyway, listeners, thanks for coming back for another uh, week ish, two weeks of Unlearned and don't forget to subscribe, if you haven't yet, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher um, you can find us on Twitter follow us on Twitter at unlearned underscore shy like us on Facebook at Unlearned send us your questions and suggestions and other things at podcast at gmail.com and check out our website at Um we're going to run some credits today i'd like to thank um james t green for our transition music and our graphics and check out some of the post loudness shows that you heard on this episode uh that is all have a great day happy election may tell us who you vote for <laughs> Just kidding! I think it's illegal. Oh, also remember, do not take selfies at the voting booth because your vote will not count. <laughs> like if since it already doesn't. The founding fathers
1: had no idea. They had.
0: <laughs> they had no idea. Um. So yeah, uh, let's. I I wish us all luck on uh, this election eve. <laughs> um. Hopefully, there will not be too many tears and. Have a great week, y'all. Bye. Post loudness.